Welcome to the Mentors Care Podcast. I'm Summer Backstrom, along with my co-host, Mentors Care founder, Dina Petty, and we love to talk to each other and to the amazing people that make up the Mentors Care family. What is Mentors Care? It's a nonprofit organization that matches adult mentors with students considered at risk of not graduating. The vision of Mentors Care is simple. One volunteer gives one hour, one time a week to mentor one student. It's a proven formula with incredible and life-changing results. The conversations you'll hear are designed to educate and inspire others to join the Mentors Care movement. Now, enough of this standard open. Let's get to the good stuff on this episode of the Mentors Care Podcast. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad you're listening. Summer and Dina here. And Dina, how are you today? How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Summer? Fabulous. I'm fabulous. I love to podcast with you. It's so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) It is fun. I love it, too. (laughs) So today we're honored. We have a special guest in the house. Chief of Police for the City of Glen Heights, Vernell Dooley, Jr. Chief Dooley has been a police officer since 2005, getting his start in Denton, Texas, as Patrol Sergeant, Director of Training, and Interim Assistant to the City Manager, and Director of Training for the Denton Public Safety Training Center. In 2017, Dooley joined the Glen Heights Police Department as the Deputy Chief of Police. In October 2019, he was appointed to the position of Chief of Police. Dooley is a graduate and his class president of the Institute for Law Enforcement Administration's Basic School of Police Supervision and holds a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Political Science, as well as a Master's degree in Public Administration from the University of North Texas, and has earned his Master's degree in Criminology and Criminal Justice from the University of Texas at Arlington. He's married, father of two boys, one girl, and he resides in Midlothian. And he's a mentor for Mentors Care at Red Oak High School. Chief Dooley, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's an honor. You've put a lot of service hours in there, mister. Uh, I've been busy. I don't sleep a whole lot. Uh, I guess. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> it's just something I'm passionate about, serving the, uh, the community and uh, just public service in general. So uh, that's why I've dedicated a lot of hours to that. Definitely. And I am uh, so honored that you chose to be a mentor for us at Red Oak High School. And I've always been curious, how did you hear about us? I was made aware of the opportunity um, by a fellow Glen Heights citizen uh, who was uh, involved in the program. And uh, they were talking about the rewards of being a mentor and, you know, just what it does for them. And, and so I said, let me uh, give it a shot. And uh, that was almost two years ago now. And uh, it's definitely been a great opportunity for me. You know, such an important part of every community is our police officers and working with our kids who live with trauma, a lot of our students. One of the things that has become just, we've become so aware of is that a lot of our kids are living with domestic violence. And we realize how traumatic it is for a young person. And I know as a police officer, you do see this a lot. And you have a lot of experience with this. If you've been in this business for years, you've seen it. So I'm wondering if you could give us a perspective 
of what you feel like this does to a young mind when they have to see the ones that they live with, the ones that they love, the caregivers that are being abusive and violent and kind of cruel to one another and to these students. It's very traumatizing to children to see domestic violence in their household. Um, It gives them a very skewed uh, perception of what love is and how uh, people should treat each other. It shows them very bad coping skills, you know, shows them very um, negative attributes of a relationship. Um, and, and the worst part about it is it, they see it at a young age when they're trying to frame their, their perceptions of how to treat others. And so it kind of solidifies in them uh, the wrong way to treat somebody. And then they carry it on with their relationships in their lives. And then it just kind of continues that cycle of domestic violence. And so uh, as far as, you know, just how bad domestic violence is for a child to see, it's horrible. And it definitely traumatizes children for the rest of their lives. And, you know, we've always said this with Mentors Care, that our students, all people, really just do what they know. And so if that's modeled for them, even if they don't like it, even if it's not been a good thing in their life, they're going to repeat what they know, don't they? Exactly. Exactly. And, um, and then you see that in when they act out at school and again, fights at school. Um, and that's why, you know, mentors, it's good for us to come in and talk to them about, you know, how are things going at home and show them that there's a different way to be, there's a different way to act. Um, and then, uh, also just help them to control their emotions and their, their actions. And so, uh, we, we are definitely, you know, a positive, uh, force in their lives. So that's what I've noticed with our police officers that have been mentors for us is they have such compassion for these kids. You know, if you look at media and you look at the way people talk about police officers, that is not the experience that we have seen. We have seen a lot of compassion for these kids and these families. And it's really, truly, I think, a deep-seated understanding that these kids are doing what they know and that there's a great understanding of if we show them compassion and we really try to work with them to show them a better way and a different way that can really change communities. Can it? It really can. You know, um, it's something that they're not used to, especially if they've got domestic violence going on in their house, they're not used to compassionate adults they're, They see the worst in people. And so when we as mentors come into their lives and show them compassion and patience and really work with them to get through what they're dealing with, um, it, it really can change their, their whole lives. That's one of the reasons why we do it. Um, because in law enforcement, we see the worst in people and allowing, you know, us to help others at a young age, change their lives to where they're not ending up in, in prison or jail or, or ending up on the streets. Um, that's a way for us to give back to our community, um, very impactfully. I was reminded of a story of a student that he was in jail because he was 17, but he was allowed to come back to school. But I'll never forget the school calling me in and saying, we need you to meet with this young man. He's, he, we really need to help him out. He's, he's very angry. <laughs> well, after I started talking to him, I realized he was hungry. And so 
back in the day, I would put them in my car, these kids, you know, which I don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. We have <laughs> boundaries that are important boundaries. And uh, I brought them to our food pantry to get some food. And a police officer drove past us. And I noticed that he was ducking down in the car. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> and he said, mm -hmm. it's a cop. I hate cops. <laughs> mm. And I said, wait a second, what? And he goes, oh, I hate them. They're just, you know, went on and on. And I said, I look forward to the day that you feel about police officers the way I do. Because if I'm in trouble, I am so thankful I can make that phone call. And they're going to come protect me and my family. And I said, that's right. who they are. This is what they do. And I look forward to you changing your perspective of how you feel about these amazing people that serve. And that is honestly what I've seen a lot of our kids doing what they know. They're hearing their families talk about how they don't like police officers. It's so important for them to see you guys in the schools who you really are, you know, because their officers are coming in to bad situations late at night, disrupting the family they feel, and is an opportunity police officers to mentor, to show them a whole nother way. It's an opportunity for us to have a very positive interaction with them. And that's very important because not all interactions with police officers are positive. Um, you're exactly right. Sometimes we're called and it's the worst day for somebody. They're having the fight of their lives, so to speak, with their significant other. And we're coming to try to help. And sometimes we're having good days, but sometimes we're having bad days. And maybe we're not as patient and compassionate uh, while we're there, you know, trying to help. And that maybe that interaction is not the best. Um, and then also there's, let's be honest, there's some interactions that happen during uh, traffic stops and when they're getting a ticket. And so those interactions are not very positive either. And so um, allowing us to mentor and have those positive actions in the schools um, is, a, is a true blessing. And I think it definitely is rewarding you know, yeah. for not only the mentee, but as well as the mentor. You know, I have seen, and I know you've seen, that the public can sometimes look at a young person or a student and they can see them as labeled bad. You know, that's a bad seed. I mean, you don't believe that, do you? No, no. You, you know, in 15 years of law enforcement, the majority of people I've encountered have They've been good people. They just made bad decisions and they've been labeled as, you know, bad seeds early. Everybody can turn it around. And, you know, it's one of those things where all you need is somebody to help you turn things around and then your lives can get, get better. Do you have a story that you can share with us of a student that you've come across or a young person who's experienced trauma and, and in your time of being in service? Sure. One of the students I've mentored, um, he didn't experience trauma per se, but I, it, it was interesting. The day I went to mentor him, I could tell he was off. There was something wrong. And I asked the young man what was going on, and he had just left a class where he was bullied. And he was sharing with me, you know, what had transpired and how the other students were picking on him and how he reacted and, you know, he, he, he threw things back at them and, you know, kind of had basically a little fight in the class right before I got there to mentor him. And, you know, it was interesting to help him work through those emotions of anger 
and talk about what would have been the better course of action for him, not to throw things back and not to retaliate, but actually to, um, you know, report bullying to the teacher and, and kind of get the teacher involved and let her help um, resolve the situation. And so, you know, you mentioned trauma. Kids these days, they have trauma going on all the time, whether it's in the classroom or whether it's at home. And, you know, mentor mentoring them allows us to help them work through that trauma and to heal from that and to develop good and positive ways of dealing and reacting to that trauma so they're not scarred forever. That is such a great point. You know, unfortunately, we live in a world where there is violence in schools. And what we have found in our studies and a lot of books that have been written about it, and we are going to have a guest, Dan Corum, in the future, who is an expert in this field, who's written many books like Random Actor and things like that. But the students who act out that are, that are violent, they're so angry, and it's usually the root of it is feeling bullied and feeling that they don't have anyone in their corner that cares, that's speaking you know, truth into them. And what it sounds like to me is what an opportunity you had when you had a student that was being bullied and could have acted and he was angry and he did act out, but you showed him coping mechanisms. How do you deal with adversity? Um, You gave him some tools. I mean, what an awesome opportunity. If you were not mentoring, that wouldn't have happened. Right. You're, you're exactly right. And, um, you know, I think about there's lots of students in, uh, across the country that don't have these opportunities, and they go through their whole you know high school career not finding good ways of controlling their emotions and dealing with adversity and trauma, and then it just gets worse and worse as they grow into adults. And so that's why mentoring is so important. And uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of the program because uh, I've seen the results, I've seen it change lives. And I think we need more and more positive mentors that can help our young people in this country. Thank you for saying that, because that is our goal. Our vision is to continue growing into every school that is a fit for us and a fit for them, um, which I think are all of them. (laughs) Because honestly, mentoring, it doesn't matter what school you're in. This is my firm belief, and I'd really like to know your thoughts on this, that if it's rural, suburb, urban, as long as students have families that the parents are struggling or you have domestic violence or really just parents that are not involved at all, you're going to have the issues in schools, aren't you? Yes, yes. Um, My thoughts on domestic violence is it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter your color, your race, your religion. Uh, domestic violence affects every person, you know, every population uh, uh, in this country. And, and it's one of those things where in 15 years of law enforcement, um, I've never said, well, because you make so much money, you are uh, immune to domestic violence. And uh, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't discriminate. One of the new school districts that we were going to serve, it was kind of talked about in the community, why in the world are we bringing a mentoring program into the school? We don't have any issues that need a mentor. I couldn't believe it. But if you think about it, 
first of all, if you talk to the school officials and teachers and administrators, they're all going to go, please, we need mentors because they see it every day because it's all kids coming together from all different backgrounds or whatever's going on. It doesn't matter. And so they see all the issues. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. They, 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 they want to believe that their children are perfect and they don't need mentoring and they don't have issues. And that's just naive, you know, and parents, sometimes parents are naive. I'm a parent, you know, I, I love to think my son does things right all the time, but I, I'm, I know my son too well to know that that's not the case, you know? And, you know, when it comes to mentoring, it doesn't matter if the school is located in a rural area, an urban area, every school in America needs a mentoring program because every school has children that have issues that need to be dealt with and, and, and not just dealt with, but they need these positive relationships in their lives. You know, I go back to why I got into mentoring and it was to help, you know, those uh, in high school have another positive relationship, a, a, a another role model for them to look at and talk to um, and I can safely say that it doesn't matter if the school is in one of the richest areas or one of the poorest areas, every school needs a mentoring program. They do. They really do. You know, there's a funny story when you were talking about, you know, you hope even your own children are doing okay. They all need mentors. We actually have another podcast with my son, and we talked about that very issue because it is developmentally a a child's job when they start getting of age, that they start having their own ideas and thoughts, you know, call it rebellion or whatever. It's developmentally how they're created. And if you don't surround them with really good, positive role models, other adults in their life, they're going to look to their friends and one another, and they're going to act out in ways that can be risky, dangerous, hurt others, and get them on the wrong path where they can kind of lose their future sometimes. So, I mean, we have to intentionally get involved and mentoring is really the way to do it. It's intentional. It's finding those kids who really are making some mistakes and, and, uh, and getting to know them and find out why with compassion, without judgment, but compassion. But it was funny because I was reminded of a story about my son who was always a good kid, always did great in school. And it was time for teacher conferences. And my husband and I went up there and we were just sitting there ready, you know, for the story of how great he was doing. And so we said, so how's Bryce doing? You know, how's his year going? And she went, well, and I laughed like, ha, yeah, like this is going to be funny. Like she was making a joke and she went, I'm not kidding. No, we need to talk about him. <laughs> and so we had a great conversation and found out that he was, he was really making some bad decisions of, um, he was hanging out with some kids and they were misbehaving and not doing well. And he, you know, you got to be willing to understand kids are kids are going to make mistakes and we have to have our eyes open. And you, we've got to have our eyes open. We can't have rose colored lenses on when we look at our kids. Uh, we got to be honest with ourselves and, you know, I think having that open line of communication with our children is very important. They feel like they can come to us at any point and share with what's going on in their lives. And we let them know that we were young, too, once and we made mistakes. But mistakes are only mistakes if you don't learn from them. And I tell my children that and I tell my mentees that as well. You know, nobody's perfect in this world. You know, we've all we've all done bad things and made bad decisions. But 
uh, at the end of the day, as long as we try to learn, you know, from those mistakes and, and try to make the right decision, then usually things kind of kind of work out. And so uh, I will say this when you're just talking just now, it made me think of, you know, the administrators in the high schools uh, and the counselors and how important those people are, because those are the folks that are going to know what kids are uh, kind of going down the wrong path and who would benefit greatly from uh, being mentored. And uh, so I'd highly you know, encourage, you know, those that are listening to this podcast um, to encourage those administrators and counselors to seek out the mentoring program if you don't have if they don't have one in their schools because they would would attest to how important it is to have positive adult you know role models and relationships in the lives of, of our young people and that's what mentoring is all about man that's great yes totally agree there is a buzzword out there now in the education world social and emotional well-being of students and that the, there is a burden on the schools to address all of these things. There's actually a document about that, that there are, gosh, it was over 70 mandates that came down from legislation of asking the schools to address things in addition to education, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And it's basically all the things that parents should be teaching at home. And it is a burden on the schools. And when you have the students who are acting out, Okay, they're not turning in their work. Absenteeism is really bad. They're acting out in risky behaviors. There's a reason why, usually, I would say almost 100%. There's a reason why they're acting out that way. And so the schools, they're busy trying to educate them. They have to keep them between the ditches. So they have to hold them accountable. They have to put them in ISS. They have to expel students and all of those kind of things. But they're saying, man, we need help. <laughs> is there a solution to help us with these kids? And you're right, mentoring is it in partnership, in partnership with the schools. Exactly right. The burden that we've placed on our educational system is is significant. And it's it's getting more and more significant every year with every mandate. And that's why they have to seek out partners to help kind of carry that burden. And the mentoring program does that. Um, you're exactly right. And, you know, involving mentors um, and other positive folks from the community, that's the way we can truly help deal with, you know, the burden that's been put upon the, the educational system. And we can't just throw our hands up and say, that's just a bad seed, bad kid. Because honestly, we have great people in the communities that see the need and they want to help. They just don't know how to connect. And mentoring is a way to get them in the schools to connect with these kids that they really can start seeing benefits. How have you personally benefited from being a mentor? I will say that there are times when, as a police chief, my day is not going too great, let's just say. And I'm dealing with quite a few issues that are, you know, that are arising from the, the work that my officers do. And let's just say I'm having a, a just an emotionally draining and tough day. And going to mentor a young person and helping them deal with what's going on in their, their lives just kind of helps me recharge my batteries. It helps me re-engage. Um, and it helps me refocus on why I'm in law enforcement, why I'm in public service. And it's to help get folks on the right track early in life to where they can be a, uh, a positive and beneficial member of society. It restated, 
you know, we in law enforcement, like, like I said earlier, we deal with the worst sometimes. And you almost want to go, go back 20 years and change something in somebody's life to where they're not sitting in the back of your squad car going to jail for the 15th time. Oh, wow. What a powerful statement. You know, because you see these people, you know that they were good people. They're good people. They just made bad decisions along the way. And nobody cared. Nobody showed that they cared for them. And if, if somebody had gone back in their lives and showed some care and compassion when they were younger, they wouldn't be in this point. They wouldn't be at this place. And so um, that's what mentoring has really done for me. It, it, it allows me, like I said, to, to uh, just give back and hopefully steer the mentees that I uh, take care of in the right direction to where they have uh, just, uh, just a great life. And, you know, that is our, our theme for Mentors Care and this podcast is action, which creates hope and makes a better future. And that's basically what you just said right there. That's awesome. I was going to ask Chief Dooley, um, what is it like for the student when like when you when you go to mentor and you reveal that you're a police officer, what does that conversation look like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm chuckling because uh, depending on their experience, sometimes the conversation's a little awkward, um, you know. But the uh, the um, the mentoring coordinator at the Red Oak High School, he usually does a good job of letting the mentee know that um, that I'm coming and that I am, you know, a police officer. So they kind of have that knowledge going into the first meeting. We talk a lot about police officers. The majority of law enforcement are great. They really are. Um, but just like every profession, we've got our bad seeds. And sometimes we, you know, talk about some of their bad interactions with police officers and how those officers handle that situation, you know, wrongly or incorrectly. Um, but again, it just it just speaks to the fact that we're all not perfect. Uh, we all make mistakes, um, but we need to learn from them. Thank you for mentioning Sean at Red Oak because he does such a great job and he's our coordinator at Red Oak High School. Uh, great guy and so great with the kids. So, And I thank you so much for your service. I can't say that enough. We, we realize what, what y'all do and thank you. Not all. We have no way of knowing all that y'all are dealing with, but we thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. And again, I was honored to be on this podcast and humbled by your words and, um, and the good work that you guys are doing. Thank you, Chief Dooley. You have a wonderful day and we cannot wait to have you back on the podcast in the future. We'll reach back out here soon and, and hopefully we get to have even more police officers, you know, coming on board to mentor and we'll have them on the program as well. So keep spreading the good word, Chief Dooley. You have a wonderful day. We'll be back in touch with you soon to have you back on the show. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay. Well, you've been listening to Chief Dooley of Glen Heights Police Department and Mentors Care Mentor. Thanks again, Chief, for being on the show today. Folks, thanks for listening. We hope you will subscribe to the Mentors Care Podcast with Dina Petty and follow Mentors Care on Facebook and Instagram. We are Care Mentors, Mentors Care on Twitter. To learn more, visit mentors.care. We'll see you next time.